Okay, that was our sign. We are on another beautiful episode of the Journey Podcast. Yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I don't really have no sound effects. I'm just, yo, son, come here. Come here and make a sound effect for me. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, let me know. I said, shout out to my son, man. That's my boy. Love that boy. All right, so Journey Podcast. We have another beautiful, outstanding episode. Our guest this week. I'm going to give you all a quick background. You can't say a word. Just be quiet right now. It's the only time you have to be quiet this whole podcast. So we met online. Ooh, sounds crazy, right? Sounds like this story's about to go left, but no, it's going right. We met online. We had great conversations. We had matching energy through positivity and posts and, and just, I don't know. Sometimes you connect with somebody, even though you don't know them from a can of paint, you just can see them. And I've seen her and I follow her journey. And I'm going to let her tell more about it, but she's a dope person, super inspirational, super positive. I'm super glad to have her on the journey. Give it up for Miss. I'm going to call you Miss Winning Season, and you're going to introduce yourself as whatever else you want to name. Your name, but this is Miss Winning Season. Give it up for Miss Winning Season. Look <laughs> at yeah, one person. You clapping for yourself. I love that. All right. So Miss Winning Season, go ahead, tell the people who you are, what you about, all that good stuff. Yes. So I am going to take that name for long now. I'm going to add that every time I do an interview. I love that. It's yours. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So my name is Miss Winter Season, a.k.a. Melissa Morales. I am a mom. I'm a mom. I'm a dope-ass mom. You are. I, I am. <laughs> I am an international speaker. Ooh. All about inspiration, um, empowerment, connection conversation i am a best-selling journal author i create journals um for others to connect with themselves i am a connector um, Love i that. have a very positive energy with me um i thank god that i'm able to connect i have my own empowerment brand called women's season talk that talk talk that talk <laughs> that deals with a mer- merchandise and that is what I use um, in my conversations when I do my speaking engagements that is my slogan it is my winning season I am also a creator I create a lot of different things for other people um, so they can put their message out to the world love that see that I'm, I'm first off I want to shout you out for not being modest and saying not a lot. You ran down the whole list, man. You gave like a good five minutes and I appreciate you <laughs> for that. We won't do that enough, man. Let that light shine. Head the journey. You are always welcome to, to shine your light and I'm going to help brighten it. You know what I mean? I just want to I want to expand that light a little further. So on the journey, I don't know if you've listened, but I'm not even going to ask. What we talk about here is your journey through life. Like Everybody has a journey, and I feel like I'm always inspired by people's journeys, regardless of where it started, like where it's going, whatever it is. Like I find inspiration everywhere, and I hope people that's listening to the journey find inspiration everywhere. So to start, my first question for you is where and what? Where you know, where did your journey start? I'm gonna just ask that. It's a blanket question. Wherever you want to take it, take it. Where did your journey start? Um, <laughs> that is a blanket but very loaded question where did my journey start I feel like for me my journey started very young 
started around when I was seven. Mm. And with that, um, I'm going to speak about the life journey first. The life journey itself. Matter of fact, no, I'm not going to even say seven. I'm going to say the life journey started when I was a baby. Ooh, right? I like it started that. When I was, it started when I was a baby. Um, I come from a single parent home. And my mom didn't want any more children. So she was going to have an abortion with me. Mm. But my aunt stopped her and told her, no, this is going to be your girl. But her and my father were already going through it. And I won't say too much because that's her story to tell. Right. But I feel like my journey and my purpose started that young when I was, you know, in the womb. (laughs) Word, for real. In the womb. Right. And um, my aunt is the one that stopped her to not get an abortion. And truly, that's why I am here. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's the first time I've heard somebody say that. That's a that's powerful. This is beautiful, man. Started in the womb. Journey started early, baby. <laughs> love that. So, when tell us about your childhood as much as you want to talk about. It can be short. It can be long. No pressure either way. If you want to talk about it the whole episode, that's fine. But if you don't, cool. Tell us about your childhood. Okay, yes. So I come from, I'm Hispanic. I come from a Puerto Rican descent. Um, my parents, my mother is from Puerto Rico. My dad is from New York. And they met, you know, I guess in their early 20s. So my childhood was a very, like you said, it's very blanket. It was just a covering over it because my mom and dad stood up when I was five months. So when my dad and mom split up, obviously I had no idea what it was like to be raised in a two-parent household. So I was just naturally always attached to my mom. And within that, I've always, like I became very self-sufficient, very independent, very early on. Because I've seen her firsthand. Mm -hmm. Throughout that, you know, my dad was a mover and a shaker. Y'all think that how y'all want. Right. <laughs> he was a mover and a shaker. Read between the lines. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so I've always seen my father, right? I spent time with my dad, but his presence wasn't present. Mm-hmm. His presence was not present. Mm-hmm. Growing up. Well put. Again, even, we, even though I've seen him every weekend, I spent time holidays with him. I always felt the the energy and the synergy of like there was a disconnect between us. Right. And that took me throughout my whole childhood of feeling, you know, not wanted, not needed, mm-hmm. not seen, not heard, mm-hmm. not valued. Right. And within that, you just kind of live a childhood by yourself. Right. Okay, great answer. I love that answer. So, <laughs> like, that was honest, man. That's open. So, when did you realize that that was your childhood experience? Because I'll give a disclaimer for me. I didn't start like the way you said it. I feel like you've been through therapy. You talked to somebody. You read a lot of books. You you done did something. <laughs> I'm like, dog. I know 
<laughs> there was a time in my life where I couldn't add, like I hear you and I see you. I'm like, oh, you, you did some work on yourself. And I know that just by, I know I did a lot of work on myself. And I'm like, nope, that sounds like you, you did some heavy lifting already. So when did you know that, when did, when did you start describing your childhood the way you just did? Around when what time in, in, in your adult seven. life? Oh, when, was, it, when I was seven. Ooh. When I was Black seven. That's, that's when, you know, the first question you asked me when I said, I think you started when I was seven. When I was seven. So my dad got remarried. He had two other children. Mm-hmm. And seeing him be a father, mm-hmm. be a present dad, mm-hmm. I was already embracing that story even more, even right. deeper, even harder. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure it out. Right. But then as I got older, because now, you know, I'm growing up in the sense of someone see me, someone hear me, someone value me. And even though I was getting that from my mom, my mom still has two other kids she had. I had two older brothers. Right. So, you know, she's given us, well, I would say given me as much as she can. Right. right. We had family dinners. Wherever she went, I went. There was I, I never felt alone with my mom, mm-hmm. right? So as I got older, I got into my high school, and I started seeing actual families together because I went to a predominantly all-white school, all-white high school, right. and I seen the mother and the father in the household, and I seen the the dad be like a dad, dad, right? Do <laughs> do the real dad TV dad stuff. Yes, yes. And again, it takes nothing away from my father because people learn as they grow. Some people don't decide to grow until later in life, right? right. So as I got older after high school and into my 20s, I realized, oh, this isn't me. This isn't me because I'm being seen, heard, and value in other spaces wherever right. I go. So it's not me. And like you said, yes, I did the work. I started going to therapy in my 20s. I'm 35 now. So I started going to therapy in my 20s mm. because I didn't want that feeling anymore with right. anybody in my life, but with the question of my dad. Right. So tell us about, if you're comfortable with it, tell us about your journey through therapy. I'm, I'm going to give a quick anecdote. I'm sure the journey listeners know how I feel because I'm like, dog. Uh, therapy is a I'm going to say this it's going to be bad it's going to be a curse word so I'm just warning you right now if you want to come with it <laughs> therapy is a motherfucker yes, therapy is, is a gut shot therapy is man you going there you feeling great the first time I don't know about you <laughs> but my therapist kind of lowered me to sleep I get in there and they just talk it was cool the first couple of times then that third time when they start talking about your childhood then they really get deep and you be leaving there crying every week for like four or five months straight absolutely gotta recover like therapy so tell that was mine tell tell us about your therapy journey yes so i'm really big on two things prayer and therapy Mm -hmm. right you need to give it to god you need to connect it to god you need to um bring it to god for whatever it is and you need to go to therapy because you need someone that has that degree, that has that empathetic part, that has that connection mentally to get it out of you. Right. The therapy for me in my 20s, I didn't take it serious 
ever. They can't help me. They right. can't figure this out. And mind right. you, none of my family was in therapy. Mm-hmm. I did it on my own. I did it without telling anybody. Mm-hmm. So me doing it, I felt like I wasn't even supposed to do it because you tell, especially a Hispanic household, you go to therapy. It's like, what's well, nothing wrong with you? You had a good right. child, right? It's nothing wrong with you. You're healthy. It's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with you. And it's just like, I don't go to therapy for me. I go to therapy for you. Mm. Explain that. Break that down. Yes. Most people, when we decide to go to therapy, it's because something someone else did to us, subconsciously or consciously. Mm-hmm. There, not because of our own actions or inactions, it's because of someone else's. Right. That's why we are in therapy. Mm-hmm. So in my twenties, I did not take it serious. I'll be honest, I didn't. You can't help me, right? And then I'm talking to a white person, and I love all white people, but I'm like, you can't relate to me. Can't understand what I'm feeling. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I grew up halfway in the hood, and then I grew halfway in the suburbs. I went to all white schools, being the only Puerto Rican. Being mm-hmm. the only Puerto Rican all of my years of school, you know, there's nothing you can say to really bring me out. So I stopped. I stopped around 26. So I was in therapy for about three years. And I stopped around 26. Off and on. And then when I turned 30, I knew I wanted something bigger than me in my life. I knew I going into this season of being in my 30s. I was like, I got to go deeper. And mm-hmm. I got to get to the root of why I am the way I am, why I do certain things, and why am I away with certain people, especially men. I right. would, <laughs> you know, that all comes down. Um, so when I got in my 30s, I, I turned 31, and I said, all right, I'm going to commit to therapy. Mm-hmm. Consciously, like really be intentional and commit. Right. And I did that, and I did the work for a year straight. And after that, I was just like, it was like a relief. Mm-hmm. I was intentional from the day I went in to the day I said, okay, I'll call you. When I got something wrong with me, I'll call you back. Call right. You back. Word. Word. <laughs> that's crazy. Like, yo, that's, but I feel like that's what a lot of people don't hear, man. Like, you don't hear that. Like, you said that year you went. And and I know you're not saying it, but I know that shit was rough. It was hard as all hell. <laughs> it was but, hard as shit. <laughs> bruh, going because it's easy to walk away when you're just like, I'm tired of this, dog. I need a break. But going every week, oh, mm-hmm. a killer. So I salute you. Great job. You did great for the family, you. all your future <laughs> generations. You know yes. what I mean? All the people you are impacting in your journey of winning season matter of fact we're gonna get into that too so tell us i mean now nah, you know what we're gonna stay where we're gonna stay in that pocket how did that therapy affect your life moving forward when you when you committed when you said you know what, i'm gonna go every week i'm gonna lock in how has your life changed since that time well, i'm 35 now so i did that at 31 and i was ready for something bigger than me i was ready for something more mm-hmm. um, deeper and i was done being selfish um meaning i didn't want to date anymore i just didn't want to just date just to date i wanted things around me to be big right i was living in an apartment i was asking god should i go get a house 
right? Should I stop dating and wait for my husband? Mm-hmm. Um, what's my next career move? What do I need to do? Who do I need to be? And therapy helped me with that. Right. So I remember writing in my journal July 1st of 2019 and saying, all right, God, I give it all to you. I ask him for all these things, right? And also show me the way to get and be all these things. Right. And doing that, <laughs> he gave me something bigger than me for sure. Because <laughs> two months later, he blessed me with my son. I got pregnant. I love that. Right after you asked him, he sent you that. This is what you need right here. Yes, absolutely. But it was because I did the work. So Mm -hmm. I removed some energy within me to open a love like that, right? Mm -hmm. Because I didn't ask for a baby. It wasn't on my list to be like at 31 to say, God, I'm ready for a baby. I did not ask that. (laughs) That's not what I asked for. But I did ask for God to bring me someone that I connect with deeper mm. and I and it was his mm. father that's beautiful yeah that's, that's beautiful I love that and then honestly for you to have the uh, the clarity to understand that it maybe it wasn't what you actually what you expected but it was mm. what you needed and he sent you what you needed but yes. you, know, you gotta be open enough to ex- receive it you know what I mean? Because yeah. you literally could have been like, man, I don't want this baby, man. Like, But you said, nope, I, this is what I asked for. And you received it, so it worked out for you. That's dope. That's a beautiful yeah, story. Absolutely. I can't wait for him to get older and hear that story. Just be like, man, that's, that's heavy. That'll make, make you cry, man. That, that, it's emotional. I feel that in my heart. That's beautiful, man. Damn. All right. So now we can get into winter season. So tell the people... What is winning season? Miss winning season? Since I'm there, now I gotta run with that. Every time I'm, anytime I talk to you on social media, that's who I would be referring to you as Miss Winning Season. I'm going look, man, getting t-shirts and please run with it. You don't owe me nothing. All I'll do is know in my heart, Miss Winning Season, and Miss the Winning Season, Miss Winning Season. That'd be fire. Love yes, that. I love it. You just gave me an idea, so I'm I, going. I'm definitely going around with it. You better run with it. You better run with that idea. No, so where did winning season come from? Um, tell the people more in depth about winning season, and and tell them about how you started putting it out online and how your social media has changed as you changed. Yes. So. <laughs> this is this is the journey podcast, right? Because this is, is this is truly a journey, and I'm gonna take you guys with me. So, to really understand where winter season come from, you have to understand how it came about, right? How it was developed within me. When I got pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. When I got pregnant. It was, again, nothing that I expected. Not how, how I expected to get pregnant. Thought I was going to be married. Thought it was going to be bells and whistles. It was there for like three months, okay? Right, right, right. <laughs> it, yeah, was it, was okay, it was okay, right? I hold on to that. But at around 19 weeks, which is about four months, I 
went to go get an anatomy scan to see my son, to see his ligaments and see his body and, you know, all this good stuff. I had just found out he was a boy, so I was excited to see that boy, right? right. And 19 weeks, we're in the doctor's office, me and his father, and it was a pause as they were doing, like, the ultrasound. It was a pause. And for me, I'm not a person, I don't, I don't really read into things because it's just, you know, it's just not my business, right? Right. Like, why you stop rubbing my belly? Like, I don't know, right? But I could see her look. It wasn't the fact that she stopped, but I could see from the corner of my eye while I was laying down, I could see her look. The nurse's look. And she said, how are you feeling? And I, I said, oh, I'm good. I don't have I have a little bit of back pain but doesn't that come with I'm, I'm okay so I'm a first time mom right he's right. a first time father so it was like I got a little bit of back pain isn't that normal and she was like yes that's normal you know you're gonna start he's gonna start moving around more you're gonna start feeling him in the coming months and she's like do you feel anything else and I'm like no so I never got nauseous I never had headaches nothing ever happened to me other than being really really tired Wow. I thank God because that was the blessing because what I was about to go through I would have never even imagined mm. so with doing that she said I have to go talk to your doctor I said okay she comes back in your doctor wants to see you so now I'm shook right so I'm like is everything okay and she says your back pain it may be a cause of something like something may be happening and we want to make sure you're okay no problem so we get up I get dressed we're walking to the doctor's office right down the hall and he looks at me he says sit down please and I'm like okay here's the older Indian man and I'm like okay and I always say racist because you have to feel the effects right you have to like really envision and see what's happening Word. I'm looking at this guy and I'm like you about to tell me like what are you about to tell me mm-hmm. and he said, your back hurts? And I'm like, yes, it hurts. And I said, but it doesn't hurt often. It's like, it's not something that I can't bear. Right. And he said, well, your back hurts. And he was straight to the point. He said, well, your back hurts because your cervix is opening up. Mm. It's dilating. It's softening. He said, excuse me? So uh-huh. now I'm just in tears. I haven't even processed anything. Right. I'm in tears. I'm like, I'm dilating. He's like, yes you are about two centimeters dilated right now and i'm looking at my son's father and he has to be strong for me so he's i'm looking at him and he's looking like what the heck what does this mean what is happening so we're asking the doctor and the doctor said i need you to go to the emergency right now emergency room right now and you're supposed to see your doctor and i said your ob i was like Okay, I said, can we wait? Like, can we sit on this? Can we think about it? He said, right. no, I advise you to go right now. Again, I'm 19 weeks. And his father was like, Mel, let's talk about it first. And the doctor's like, no, no, no. You shouldn't, like, if you want to talk about it, talk about it in the car on your way to the emergency room. So we waited. He actually waited a day mm. because his dad was very protective of me. He was like, you know, you're a Latina. Anything can happen to you. They could just be trying to tell you anything. 
mm-hmm. you know, you harm yourself or harm your baby. And I was like, you're right, because you hear so many stories. You hear so many malpractices. You hear so much. And at the end of the day, I have this little boy that, you know, I know that America is going to love him right now, but I don't know if it's going to love him as he gets older. So right. in his mind, he's like, what if they trying to, you know, we were thinking of, he was thinking of worse, right? And they only right. filled me up with the worst. Just like, right. what if he's just trying to wipe him out? <laughs> right. What? What yeah. happens to you? And right. Like, Do you really think that? And he's like, no, right. I ain't think it happened. I ain't think it happened. I'm like, you right. So right. we waited. We waited that night, and it wasn't even a full 24 hours. It was only a few hours because mm-hmm. my doctor called me, and she said, Miss Morales. I said yes. She goes, I need you to go see Doctor So and So right now. And I'm like, okay. Like it was about seven o'clock in the morning. I said, okay, and he said, you should have came last night because you might be dilated some more. And I'm telling her, the other doctor, like my situation, she goes, nothing's gonna happen to you. She's like, but what you need done, it needs to get performed right now before it's too late. Right. I was like, okay, are you sure? I was like, listen, these are our concerns. And she said, listen, we'll sit down with you, but to get this done, what I'm about to tell you, you need to come right now or you may not have a baby by the end mm. of the day. So I wow. said, okay. So we get in the car, we go to we go to the hospital and I get what is called a surplage done, which is the stitching. I had my cervix stitch. Mm. That sounds painful. It. Well, no, because I was like, like I was under a little bit of anesthesia just mm-hmm. like a tad bit right so i didn't really feel anything and it was very quick mm-hmm. um so to imagine it it's kind of like using um fish and wire mm-hmm. that's what it looks like and that's what it feels like it feels like fish and wire mm-hmm. because when it came out i felt it because i was just in awe that this thing helped my baby come here right <laughs> this little piece of wire this thing right so what I got was called an emergency surplage and it was called emergency surplage because after a certain week you can't get it done mm. so I was so, just so. like right on time I had like right. a few more weeks before I could get it done hey see that that's 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 heavy it's like and now that's gotta make you look when you look at your boy you gotta just be like man you could have one little thing you miss that appointment and then you reschedule and it take a couple weeks which is very likely to happen in life you know yeah. you might mess around your car breaking the wrong days oh man i missed my appointment you schedule another one it's not for another week two weeks it could have been a different story so that's man dang yeah, all right go ahead yeah. continue on i ain't want to be I'm, I'm just interjecting for a minute give me a little <laughs> no that's okay because damn. it's so true Every I know parents say it, right? I have a three-year-old. I know parents say it, but truly, when I look at that little boy, I look at God's love for us. I look at God's mm-hmm. grace. I look at the forgiveness for anything I did wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, I look at so much than my son. I, right. he, it's so much realer than that. Right. I get me. that. So, gearing up to my winning season, so I had to be on bed rest from 19 weeks to I gave birth, which was 37 weeks. Mm. 
So during that time frame, I can no longer work. I can no longer stand up longer than a certain amount of time. I can no longer long, lay down for a certain amount of time. I couldn't take more than 10 minutes showers. I couldn't bend. I couldn't get massages. There was no intimacy whatsoever from me and my son's father. Like I couldn't get my hand rubbed because mm. that can soften your cervix. Wow. So no foot rubs, no massages, no head scalp rubs. Like just imagine your wife, your significant other being pregnant and you can't do anything for her. Right. Other than just hold, probably hold her finger and be like, I hope this don't turn you on. <laughs> right. And get and get stuff she needs. That's all you can do, really. That's it. That like, was it. Damn. That's from a tough man. Yes. Yeah. So from that moment, you know, we had to develop a new relationship. Right. We had to meet us for the first time in a long time. Right. And now as a couple in this manner. And being on Beverly, I had to go to the doctors, go see my doctor every single week. Mm. It wasn't a week we cannot go until I right. gave birth. Right. Went to the doctors every single week, and I also had to put a pill inside of me every day to help lengthen my cervix so it doesn't shorten. Yeah. Oh. So now I'm putting this pill in my body. I don't really, I mean, of course, I look up what could happen and what's before and all of that but I spent that that time sticking pills up my yeah, you, 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 you ain't gotta tell it we know what you, we know we know where you put the pills at I mean unless yes. you want to but I'm like no, 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 we won't get that jazzy but um yeah so I did that and then week by week as a now 32 year old because I was I just turned 32 that summer when I got pregnant a 32-year-old never been to the hospital for anything, never broken a bone. I'm going to see a doctor every week just to see if my son is still alive. To make sure there was still a heartbeat. To make sure there was still... That he was up there far enough where if I were to dilate, you know, they can make another saccage or do something else or we could figure right. something out. So week by week, and that's just for me. That's just honestly through God's love that He has for me, the purpose He has for my son, and the love that He has for my son and His father, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So when that happened, we finally get to a really good point, which I was about thirty weeks. I'm at like a really good visibility point. That if He does come out at thirty weeks. He could go into the NICU. We could figure stuff out. Well, they couldn't fully see him. So they didn't know where he was at around 32 weeks. So I had to get what it was called a um, steroids. I had to get steroids, right? Mm -hmm. Had to get two shots of steroids. So if he does come out before his due date, which his due date wasn't until April 21st, Mm. Or, no, four twenty. That's how I remember it. It was four twenty, April April twentieth. That his lungs will sustain him as soon as he comes out. Mm. So we're like, okay, the steroids can only last for two weeks, or you can only get them once. So I'm like, okay. Now we're in a pandemic, right? A pandemic. We're in we're in March. We're in a right. global pandemic. March of what year? 
of 2020. Yep. Now we're in 2020. Okay, got you. March 2020. So, and that's that's the worst part of the pandemic time right there. Yes. So I'm going to the doctors. Now I'm showing up to the doctor's office by myself. His father can't come with me. I mean, he can come with me, but he can't go in. Can't go in. So he's not. So he's not even seeing his son after 30 weeks. Mm-hmm. After 30 weeks, he doesn't even know what's happening inside. He doesn't see any more ultrasounds because that was that experience was taken away from him due to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so I get the steroid shots, right? <laughs> Last is for two weeks. And now we're in Target fully masked my doctor calls me and I'm like oh shit what is happening now what all I kept thinking what's the matter now like my son is a soldier we're good we're soldiers like what is the problem now and the doctor said well your placenta is drying out we noticed on this chart you haven't gained any weight and I was like well what you have noticed that before they're like, yeah, but we're now gearing you up closer to your due date to get you prepared because you have to take the saclage out. And we noticed you never gained any weight. And your baby has been the same um, size, which was five pounds. I was like, okay, what does this mean? They said, well, you got to get induced. You he can't, he's not getting nutrients, so he has to get induced. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to get induced. And we're going to do that as long as we can get the cerclage out at 36 weeks. And then it's going to take a few days because we need your body to naturally start dilating. Because um, we're going to give you some stuff to take so you can start dilating a little bit. And at 37 weeks, you're going to come to the hospital and get induced. And we're going to break your water for you. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. That's a lot, man. Yeah. Keep and going. Keep good. Still. So it's like, yeah, so 37 weeks, we are at the hospital and the pandemic is only me and my son's father. No family is with us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the nurses is very limited because they're, they're short staffed now. People didn't really want to work during that time. And the people that were working during that time, they were all in. They were committed to their job. So... I got induced at 37 weeks was a Monday. They started giving me all this medicine, started giving me all this stuff so I could start dilating. And they can only give you medicine for about 48 hours. That's it. Because they don't want to risk harming the baby or harming you. And mind you, again, I have a, my son's father was like very, he was an advocate for me. He was like, what is she taking? As much as I was speaking up for myself, I was still like at a loss for words because I can't believe all this is going on. Right. So I, I thank God for him because he he was like he was right there, right on, right. Like, is it gonna affect my son? Is it gonna affect her? What's gonna happen? So they can't give you pills more than forty eight hours. So they had to break my water, <laughs> and they oh. broke my water Tuesday night around nine p.m. And then I delivered. She came out, delivered him the next morning at 12.56 on April 1st. That was his journey, man. Damn, he April Fool's baby. He is an April Fool's baby. Oh, he was like, is... all that stuff y'all went through, ha ha, I'm here. Right, right. Ah, <laughs> I was always going to be here. What nothing right. y'all can do. Yo, that I just want to keep y'all on your toes. <laughs> right. Yo, that's heavy. That's a lot, man. Like to get through all that and then to like 
What did you learn from that whole experience? Prayer is real. Mm-hmm. So real. Right. Because I had nothing else to do. I had nothing else to give. Right. I, I literally was in bed for all those months. Mm-hmm. And all I kept thinking was just like, God, hear my prayers. Like, God, bring this little boy here. Like, mm-hmm. God, save me. Because as I was going through all that, I was trying to be strong for my son's father. He was trying to be strong for me. And I'm losing myself, right? I'm losing. We'll only cry in the in the bathroom. So I, I would show him like it's okay, like he got this. But it just breaks you. It broke you down. It broke me down. I should say it breaks you down. And within that, all I had was prayer. That was it. Right. But so let's get into winning season. How that translated into winning season? Because I feel like that all goes hand in hand together. Like it I'm does. gonna let you tell it, but I'm sure. All that you tell it. I ain't gonna say. So I deliver my son healthy, loud. He's still kicking and screaming. I thank God. Right, amen to that. <laughs> right, April first of twenty twenty, and then right after, uh, most relationships when there is a disconnect, they just don't last. So right after, um, about three months postpartum, me and his dad just didn't get along. We could not get along to get along. Right. Right. And at this point, I was so tired. I was so mentally drained. I was so spiritually drained. I was physically drained. I was emotionally drained. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like, oh, let me call my therapist and like explain it to her. It was like, why? It, it was. It came to my first like, why me moment. It was like, why me, God? Like, why this? Like, why? What the heck? Can I live a little bit? Can I breathe? Can I? have what was promised to me as far as you know a family and certain things and within that I just got tired and I got tired really quickly after my son right Mm -hmm. but I see that my son didn't deserve anything less of me if I was tired doesn't mean I was tired for him I'm a new mom right um and I got to my final my final moment with his father of saying like I'm done like losing here with you with this right like I want to win like I want to but I want to win within myself right and I couldn't figure out how to do that because mm-hmm. I really did I, I just it wasn't about the car it wasn't about the home it wasn't about you know I really wanted my family to be together but I couldn't I can't be anything grand to my son if I'm losing within myself that's right and from that moment I just told myself and I told my son I remember him I was rocking him to sleep and I said from this day forward we're gonna win you're gonna win you're gonna Mm -hmm. have the joy from me you're gonna have the peace in me you're gonna have the heal version of me you're gonna have the physically healthy version of me you're gonna have the emotionally safe version of me and when I think about season, when I came up with winning season, it was like, we're only here for a season. That's it. Life is not, I mean, if you're spiritual, you know, life goes beyond this. But right. in the physical, we're only here for a season. And during this season, I am going to win. That's right. That's right. So what what is winning to you? Like, if, because I know for me, I think a lot of people 
or say different things for one end. Because for me, it's it's not really about money. Like I feel like I'm I'm for me, it's all about fulfillment. I just want to be fulfilled in whatever it is I'm doing. So sometimes that money and that don't really equate. You know what I mean? Sometimes you do something that has nothing to do with finances, has nothing to do with like I want to live a life where I'm fulfilled and everything I do and the things I the movements I make are strategic and I'm only giving my energy to certain spaces and people and you know what I mean I'm like yes. so for winning for me is di- I, different what's winning for you and that's beautiful right because winning is not going to feel or look the same for everybody but it's yours it's right. your life it's your season that's right you gotta win for you the way you see fit that's right um, so winning for me is being intentional mm-hmm. it's being intentional it's showing up. Even if I take an L that day, right? And I don't mean L, I don't mean a loss. Even if I have a learning experience that day, I'm still going to win. That's because right. I'm intentional. I'm still showing up. That's Winning right. for me is, you know, if I would die for my son, why not get healthy for my son? Right. Why not live for him? That's right. Yeah, right? If winning for me is being healed from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Right? So nobody can use me against me. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I love that. That's beautiful. I love that, man. Like that's that's your winning season. So everybody's winning season could be something different. Absolutely. You know, it's not it's not like a it's not like winning a championship. The NBA championship was last night. Ain't like that. Like you know I'm saying they having a they won a game and they won a series and that's dope, but they might not still be winning in life. But in your winning season, it could be, it don't necessarily have to be the big grand thing that's just like, everybody thinks it's success. It could be something totally different. Yes, absolutely. I love that. I love absolutely. That's fine. And you know, it's all about, um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm over here watching my son go to nah, the listen. You please do what you gotta do. It is all good. I got filler ready. I got filler ready. If you gotta step away for a second, you go step away. I got you. Don't even worry no, no, about he's it. He's okay. He's okay. Right. Good, good, good. Just making sure. Because look, y'all can't see and y'all won't be able to see. But she was leaning back. She did that strong lean back. That mom lean back is all the way back. Yeah. Oh, all right. Everything good though. Oh, yes, everything good. Everything right. good. He's potty trained. So go ahead, little man. Be potty yeah, trained. He's, he's trained. But he also he's starting to enjoy the bathroom. Oh, so I remember those could, moments. I still do enjoy the bathroom. Right. Bath- they stay in there a little extra longer and yeah. play with toilet paper and do right, it. Right, man. Like just the, it's the most peaceful place, man. It's like meditation <laughs> going into the bathroom. Where else can you go? Nobody can mess with you. Only place, man. The bathroom. <laughs> Nobody's coming in a rub. You knock on the door, you feel awkward when you, you know what I mean? It's just, bathroom is a beautiful place, man. So I'm yeah. glad your little man is learning to enjoy the bathroom. It's yeah, going to be a lifetime yeah. of joy for him. If you, I, I hear, I hear it. <laughs> I hear it. I'm like, why are you in this bathroom still? What is happening? Right, right. Yo, that's so dope. I'm, yo, this has been such a great conversation, man. Yeah, like, I'm loving it. I'm loving it too. Like, dog, it's, it's so long overdue. Like, yo, this is the first time we've ever talked, and like, person to person, even though yes. we've been exchanging messages since 2020, probably. Yes. That's like, yo, and that's so crazy to hear the backstory. Cause I'm like, yo, that's 
I feel so connected now. Now I'm just like, oh, you was going through it at that time. When we first started, like, so the backstory for everybody and for you, I don't know if you remember, I would put out these positive messages because that's when I really started doing stuff on social media. 2020, it was the quarantine. So I started doing, I thought I was calling them pep talks. And I would go, and I would go somewhere and just da-da-da-da and talk. And then you always would hit me with, oh, that's dope. I see you. Like, you know what I mean? The supportive messages. But more than the support, it was more them things were speaking to you. Like, your pride was hitting you. Like, you needed that when you got it. And then, so the dope part is, not only was you needing it and you received it, you took it and then said, all right, I'm going to put my spin on this and... You started winning season, then you started doing all the positive things you're doing now. Like, you done, in the last two, three years, like, you literally started, you did book, you was doing all these speaking engagements, you did, like, you did a bunch of stuff where I'm just like, damn, yo, man, she's killing it, that's dope. Oh, but, thank you so much. No, nah, thank you. You Look, man, you're doing thank good you. to the world, man. Like, it's, it's you know what killing it. Is? it. You know what it is? You you do all these things and as much as it's for you, right? And for my legacy and for other people to be inspired and impacted. It's like, are people really noticing, right? Is it touching it who it's supposed to touch? Right. Um, you get in your feelings. Well, I know for me, I get in my feelings sometimes. It's like, God, it's the message being received from who, you know, who's supposed to receive it. Right. Right. And you just never know. You never no. know who's watching and what they're getting. Yeah, no, nah, I dog, I every time I see your stuff, I'm inspired. Like I told oh, you, I'm yeah. somebody that I try to find inspiration. I look for it. It's not like so if you out there intentionally doing something positive and good, I feel that inspires me. And then knowing now it even it's even more because I'm like knowing the, the backstory to that time is just even more inspirational. And I think for people that's listening to the yeah. podcast. Y'all need to really go and check her on social media because it would be massively inspirational for you because hearing what you went through and then we literally could go back and look at that time in your life on the, the Instagram post or the whatever post you was making at that time and you didn't feel that. So explain to the people how or what what goes into your, your social media content or your t-shirts or things that inspire you and the, the things that move you what goes into that and how much you should put out like the question let me reframe that whole question that was a lot i was just rambling what goes into what what are the things that inspire you to do the things you do so this the the clothing line the the, the journals the speaking engagements what where does that all come from what what, what inspires you to do all that Yes, so good question. And my answer is simple. It's to remind people of their power. Mm. I love it. It's that simple. It's to remind people of their power because I wish when I was going through all that, I wish I had someone doing it for me. Right. People say, well, didn't you have your family? Didn't you have your son's father? Didn't you have this person? And it's like, yes, but people are so stuck in how they want to feel instead of being it with you to say okay I don't know how you feel but this is what I'm going to tell you right Right. but they want they want you to feel how they feel right oh don't worry about it you know God got you or this but like Mm -hmm. do you actually believe it right Right. 
you know, when I was postpartum and I was crying, I, I thought I honestly thought I had postpartum depression. No, it was because I wasn't being seen, heard, or valued. I don't feel like my feelings were protected. I don't feel like who I was as a new woman, as a new mom, was being recognized. Mm-hmm. So within that, I, again, I just wanted someone to remind me of my power. Mm-hmm. And that, and now that's what you're doing for everybody else. Yes. Love that, man. That's service. That's beautiful. That's that's yeah. God's work right there. Right? Oh, God. It's God. Right? That's <laughs> God's work right there, man. Like, that's what it's all about. That's what yes. it's all about. Like, yo, that's what we're here for. I, like, that's what I believe. That's what we're here for, to just serve and do the best we could do and inspire people any kind of way we can. All right. So I think, like, I'm, like, I really feel like I got everything we needed we may have to bring you back we may have to bring you back to talk about more current stuff because we didn't talk about current stuff but we we touched on it so give the people a, a quick taste on what's going on currently in your life and your space and your career and and give them all that yes so right now i am I'm, I'm just inspiring, right? I'm just inspiring. I go to different schools. I go to different organizations. Um, I believe I believe in the children. Now that I have a child, I didn't realize how important that was. I believe in the children for them to know their power. Let's mm-hmm. not get to a point that we have to remind our children who they are. Let's mm-hmm. just start telling them who they are. And I believe that starts as early as third grade. Mm-hmm. Right? Kitten. Well, shoot, a toddler. I tell my son right. every morning he's a king. I tell him every day he's powerful, he's outstanding mm-hmm. in all these affirmations. And he believes it. Like, you can't tell that little boy that he's a baby. He'll say, No, I'm a king. He doesn't say, no. I'm a boy. He, I, I, I tell him, I'm like, you acting like a baby. He goes, No, mommy, I'm a king. I'm a king. <laughs> That's I love that. That's good work. Like, and, I, and imagine. If you'd have got, like, I'll ever fault my parents or anybody in that generation, but imagine if you had that when you was a child. Imagine if you had that coming up and you, you felt empowered from such a young age, the things you would accomplish later on in life. Yes. So it's just really cool. Hold on one second. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Handle your business. I got you. Do what you got to do. So listen, we're, we're talking to Melissa Morales, the Miss winning season is on um it has been a great conversation it has been like i'm truly inspired and i hope everybody listening is inspired because this is what it's all about man on a journey podcast this is what we talk about we talk about things that inspire us people that inspire us and you know we we can learn from everybody's experience and i'm somebody and i, I take pride in it i learn from everything I want any any of the hardships I go through, I try to make sure I learn from it. And that's what I want this podcast to be for a lot of you people out there that's listening, man. Just take the opportunity to listen in to other people's, even if it's not their struggles, just their story alone. Anything you you hear, listen to what they learn from it. And maybe you can apply some of that to your life and you can learn from it. And if you want to be on the journey podcast, please reach out. I-N-F-O at TyroneMiller.com That's me. I'll get that email directly and, you know, hopefully we can get you on here and talk about your journey through life and all the experiences you've had. And you can, matter of fact, perfect time in this winning season 
how can the people get at you on social media where can they find you tell them you know all, all the all the pertinent things you need to get out there to the people how they could contact you or support you yes absolutely so again um i speak i take on speaking engagements again i start talking to the youth to to adults to be reminded of their power um i have a journal on amazon called hey god it's me a space for you to connect and to release um if you believe in the higher power you know you know that it's so needed mm-hmm. we need that so we're not holding on to what doesn't serve us that's right <laughs> i also have an empowerment brand called winning season that is my merchandise um it has shirts and hoodies and each shirt it each shirt is different right i have a i have a hoodie on there for toddler for for little boys for youth boys called king energy right to be reminded and i have something for adults uh winning on purpose to remind yourself to be intentional to win every single day um and that could be found at winningseasonthebrand.com oh love it and then uh, you can stay connected with me on facebook melissa morales m-o-r-a-l-e-s um instagram at live with melso l-i-v-e-w-i-t-h-m-e-l-s-o and that handle is the same for tiktok and twitter love that that was a great breakdown so the last piece of our glorious episode is i don't know if you know but i'm gonna tell you you get to name your own episode what would be the name of your episode Okay. Oh, I love this. This is nice. Right? This is nice. Empowering, ain't it? You yes. Again, yeah, it makes somebody feel good. That's nice. That's what it's for. That's what it's for. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely do. Word. Oh, that's the best, that was the best reaction I got so far. I've been thinking like, yo, you know how dope that is? You can just name your own episode. Nobody, you can put your own name on your thing. Everybody's like, all right. And usually they throw it off because they just like, yeah, I don't know what to name it, man. You name it. I, I want you to name it. But So you get to name your own. Take a second. If you need time, I got you. Because everybody usually, but I feel like you you got something. Like, you kind of, you got to, you know what I mean? I ain't going to tell you. I ain't going to make no suggestions. But I think yes. you got this covered. Yes. So I am going to name it I Won't Fold or Fail. I won't fold. Let's see, I'm writing it down so I don't mess it up. Yes. I won't fold or, or fail. fail. Yes. Now, see, that was a surprise. I thought you was going to name it winning season. See what I'm saying? But that's see, that's it, why it, you got the autonomy. Absolutely. So I, I it just came to me because I do use that in my slogan. It's my winning season. I won't fold or fail, right? Because mm-hmm. when you think about folding or failing, you already setting yourself up to not to win. True. True, so, can't win if you fold it or you fail. Right, right, right. So I pray this conversation just inspires someone to to win, right? To not fold or fail. That obstacles and life be life, and yes, it do, and it is heavy. But if you keep that winning mindset inside your heart, inside your spirit, inside your mind, you can't. You can only win. You can't, can't lose. lose. You can't lose. Word. Love that. All right. Well, this is the conclusion of the show. 
It has been a pleasure yes, talking to you, did. listening to you, hearing the story. Thank you for sharing everything. Um, yeah, it's just been a pleasure, man. Keep doing what you're doing. We love you. You know what I mean? I love you. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep pressing I on. I love you too. Nothing but success and all that good stuff. Thank you so, so much. No, thank, thank you. Thank I you. I appreciate it. No doubt. It's a, it's been a it's an honor having you on. Thank you.